if you have ever dipped your toe in the filmmaking waters, you probably know the name Courtney Holmes. Courtney has been an educator on Creative Live. She runs the Filming Life Academy membership. She is an educator. She's a speaker. She's a podcast host. She's all these amazing things. And she focuses most of her attention and educational efforts on the art of filmmaking. She's amazing. I can't wait to share some of her work with you, uh, especially if you're not already familiar with her. But when I brought Courtney on the show, I told her, like, as much as I would love to deep dive on the nuts and bolts of filmmaking, really, this podcast is a business podcast. And the business of offering films to your clients is a totally different thing from the business of offering still images. So today I have Courtney on the show to talk about some of the business aspects of offering films to your clients. So if this is something that you have ever considered, if it's something that you are just getting started with, or if it's something that you've tried and found too difficult then today's conversation is going to be a great one for you. I'm excited to dive right in, so I am going to cue the music and chat with Courtney. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Courtney Holmes, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I don't know how I somehow got through a hundred some odd episodes without having my dear friend from way across the pond here on This Can't Be That Hard, but better late than never. I'm super excited to (laughs) chat with you today. I remember when you were starting this podcast and you were talking about it and I was excited about it for you. So I'm just so proud of what you've done, what you've achieved with it. It's amazing. Thank you. You should be super proud. Uh, It takes one to know one. I um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel you were one of the last people that I was with before the pandemic erupted. So it's just fun to sort of, (laughs) well, it's less fun to reconnect via Zoom than it is (laughs) in actual real life, but Australia is very high on my list of places to revisit once I'm doing back to full globetrotting status. Yeah, America is very high high on my list. I'm sure. I'm sure. You haven't been home, I assume, in a long time. I'm sure your family misses you as well. Um, Yeah. I do. Well, hopefully that will be soon. So, uh, yeah, actually, and I know why I haven't had you on the podcast yet. And that is because, and I, there are a few people on this list where I'm like, I just, I want to have them on, but what are we going to talk about since this is a business podcast, which is hilarious because you're like a superwoman business person, but, (laughs) but I feel like every time I hear you interviewed or when you've spoken at the family narrative in the past, it's all like, let's talk about making films. Um, because yes. that is what you are a super genius at. And um, and it finally occurred to me, I was like, right, except that films and offering films and all of that is something that a lot of photographers are either trying in their businesses or have gotten into in their businesses. Um, yeah. But it's a whole different beast than photography. So like you can know how to run a photography business no problem. And there will be some lessons that translate kind of like shooting stills to shooting (laughs) films, but there are other things that are kind of different. So I'm really excited today to be chatting with you specifically about like how one goes about tackling the pricing piece of uh, offering films to your, to your clients. Yeah. Well, I think because a lot of times photographers, you've got all the tools there for you. And so you're like, yeah, I want to dabble in video and try try that out. And so people kind of start, but then they get stuck when it comes to actually bringing that into their business and how to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, this will be good for people, I hope. Yeah, I've definitely talked to you. I feel like that also happens in the K 
case where somebody's primarily a wedding photographer and then yeah. their families or their couples start like having kids and coming to them and being like, hey, do you want to photo- do yeah. a family shoot for me? And if they've never done that before, oftentimes they're like, uh, sure, how about a hundred bucks? <laughs> and then yeah. They're like a $7,000 wedding photographer, but they don't even think of it as like so true. work yeah. or whatever. But then, you know, yeah. a few months in, they're like, wait a minute, this is, I'm working for pennies here. This is crazy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I can see the switch from stills to films being even more kind of treacherous landscape because it really is a very different process from start to finish. Totally. Totally. It takes up a lot more time. So before we dive straight into that, since I just like jumped in and was like, hey, friend, let's talk about stuff we all know. Why don't we (laughs) back up one hot minute and have you talk a little bit about um, who you are and specifically how you got into filmmaking? Because you didn't start out with films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. Okay. So I, my name is Courtney. <laughs> we, we've established that already. Um, I grew up in America. I grew up in the South and then, um, I moved to Australia when I was 21 years old. I met my husband, um, and then came over here. So that's why I sound the way that I do. And I live where I live. <laughs> um, so I've been here for about 16 years now. And, um, I started my photography business about 10, 11 years ago, um, and it coincided with when my first was born, um, as many photographers do, um, and yeah, it was one of those things where I I really, like, I enjoyed doing um, client work, photography client work, but I definitely could see an issue for me of like, how do I stand out amongst all of the other photographers in my area? Um, I kind of just knew it was going to take, you know, a while, I guess, to build up clientele. And um, how do you convince people who've been booking with this other photographer to book with you? And is that even something that I want to do? Like, how do I how do I stand out basically? Um, and how do I make this business work? Ultimately, that's what it all came down to. Cause I just wanted to be able to stay at home and I wanted to be able to be flexible when my kids were really young, mm-hmm. um, and all throughout. And so I was very, very committed to making sure that my business worked. Um, and kind of around the same time as all of this was happening, I would say for like the first two or three years, I was really just doing photography only. And I was doing kind of probably minimal client work. Um, I also had other businesses that I was doing. I was like selling baby carriers and nappies and stuff like that. Um, like cloth nappies. Mm -hmm. Um, I was even making them at one point, which I just look back now and think (laughs) that is absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, there's um, a scalable business model. Yeah, (laughs) I know. How horrible. Um, so glad I'm not doing that anymore, but it was a really great introduction for me into business and also really helped me kind of get to know other parents. And then that led to clients on all of the networking and everything that kind of goes around with, with all of that mother's groups and whatnot. Anyway, at one point my dad was like, so, um, have you used the video function on your camera yet? And I just was like, no, dad, I haven't. I've just been doing, I don't want to, like, I'm just not, no. And see the motivation for him behind that is that he did that for me my whole life. I was going to say, wasn't, he was like, he carried around the big shoulder one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember some of those. Yeah. And so, that's right. Because at a TFN, I I showed one, yeah. And so, um, an old video of me. So, you know, I, I did a lot of sort of, thinking on that when he prompted me with that question. And I was like, you know what, maybe I should, but I still really didn't until my daughter was born. So, and she was, once she was born and she was a baby and she was crawling around and I was sort of just like finally kind of getting out of the haze of like new baby with a toddler. Um, I decided I was just going to switch over my camera to video. I'd, I'd upgraded at that point to a Mark three, And, um, so I switched over to video and then, um, 
sort of played around with that. And then I was doing kind of slideshows at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit of photos and, and video. And then that grew into doing like proper, I just thought, you know, I really like weddings do it. Weddings have like all video. I can do that. And then again, this is me like thinking business from a business point of view. I need to make this business work. No one else is doing this. Mm -hmm. No one. If I start doing something like this, then that's something that will set me apart and then I'll be different. And then that can really just help my business. And plus, I really liked it. And I have a music background. And so I started thinking, okay, well, I can add music to it and be like a music video. And then because like, there's just there was even nothing to like, right? There was nowhere to watch anything like this. And I remember um, seeing Sue Bryce and Haley Bartholomew on Creative Live, and they were doing like a showreel class Mm -hmm. at that time. And Haley had some video footage of her kids and she had done a video of a family and I was like, oh my gosh, finally, like that's what, that's what I want to be doing. So I just dedicated the rest of like the rest of time to figuring (laughs) out how to use Premiere Pro, how to shoot video, how to edit it. I found the most beautiful piece of music that I could put that to some footage of my daughter and immediately was like hooked. And I thought, yeah, this is it. This is for me. I know that this is melting my heart. And I can just imagine that any other parent that sees this is going to fall in love too. Um, And I knew I had a lot ahead of me to be able to convince people like you should buy this. This should be something that you should have for your family too. But um, I just knew like it's something that I really believed in and I loved so much. And so that's really where it all kind of began. Um, And also like just that understanding too from what my dad had given me and knowing what that's like to be able to go back and listen to and watch audio of myself, of my siblings, just things that we've done. It's huge. It, it's absolutely huge. And so it's just, it's different from a photo. Um, so yeah, that's where it all began. I love that. And you have such an amazing show reel. Speaking of show reels, um, oh, if you give me thanks. permission, perhaps we can put that with the show notes yeah, so that people can see. Because sure. if somebody's listening and they they're like, "What is she even talking about?" I want oh, them yeah. to be able to see because it it pa- packs a real punch for sure. Yeah. Um. So okay. So you started to do this, and I imagine yeah. that while you were in the process of learning how to make videos and or videos sorry films and <laughs> and probably cool. making some mistakes and learning from your mistakes along the way on the artistic yeah. side of it tell me a little bit about the the business journey of that and and yeah. kind of what you learned in those I first mean, the few business, years the business journey has been pretty huge for me um it i guess you know, I threw myself into a lot of education, especially like through Creative Live, mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of my business for things like marketing and um, and at that point it was really specifically about photography, marketing for photography. Um, things that I learned along the way is that marketing for photography is very similar to marketing for filmmaking. Um, I've learned that nobody is out there looking for films. So nobody is searching for films. So you market yourself as a, this is what I've done. I market myself as a photographer. They come and they're like, oh my gosh, you do this other thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like opens a can of worms and then they fall in love with it and then they keep coming back and that, that works pretty well. Um, It took a long time. That's probably one of the other things. It's not a magic bean that you just (laughs) take and it grows and sprouts and becomes huge overnight. It's just not, it's not the case even now, even though it does have more people that, um, it's growing, it's Mm -hmm. definitely growing and people do love it when they see it. But, um, I find that one of the biggest pieces, which it actually kind of, um, makes me think about your last, or one of your podcast episodes on, um, connecting with your clients, like Mm -hmm. how, it's a really vulnerable mm-hmm. place to be in, to be on video. Right. Like it's it's vulnerable to be in photos in front of a camera at all. But like 
videos, like a next level of vulnerability. For sure. And so I think from a business point of view, I've really learned that it has to be a, I have to approach my business from a place of vulnerability and honesty and authenticity and, and really drill in on that connection piece. And what the best type of marketing for me has been is relationship marketing and that then has grown my business over time, but it has definitely not been overnight. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I guess probably my biggest piece of advice is anybody thinking that, you know, adding films into your business is going to make you successful overnight. It is definitely not going to happen. <laughs> um, it is a long game. However, it's so rewarding. Right. It's extremely rewarding. And it can be a high dollar value item product that you sell within your business. Um, and so it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And so speaking of it can be a high dollar item, mm. let's get yes. into this pricing conversation. So Alrighty. you run Filming Life Academy, which is a membership where you teach all things films. And yeah. forgive me if I'm getting this wrong and you can correct me that my understanding is that you essentially um, have you host some sort of like everybody's making a film each month based on certain parameters. Am I totally off? <laughs> You're close. Okay. It's every other month. Every other month. And okay. Yes. So we have the art house, which is, um, it's just basically like a theme based educational piece of the Academy. So we have our courses, mm-hmm. which once people kind of go through and have all of the, the foundational stuff, then these sort of themes are really touching on very specialized and specific aspects of filmmaking. And it can be, we really try to vary them so that it's not like, sometimes it's something very general and Mm -hmm. just really fun. And then sometimes it's pretty heavy and it's really intensive. Um, And so we just try and space things out throughout the year, but people will end up making six films um, over the course of the year, doing one every two months. And, um, you can kind of jump in and do them when you feel like you can. And then you can also just not do one if it's a busy season for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal there is to um, level up your skills so that, and generally these are personal projects. These are projects that, you know, you might use that you might choose a client or choose, you know, some other sort of like a community or something that's, um, not necessarily like it's these aren't commissioned, mm-hmm. um, but the purpose of them is to build your portfolio and to give you experiences in that sort of free space so that you kind of are then ready to do those things when a client does approach you and says, hey, I really want to do an interview of my parents because they have this amazing story. And so if you've done our theme that was based on interviews, then you've got this, you know what you're doing. You've got the confidence to say, yes, I can do that. Um, and so, yeah, that's what, that's what the art house is. So that's that piece of the network. And then I also teach a lot of business, um, stuff as well within the Academy too. So, um, and often that takes place in more of like a live zoom kind of, um, experience for our members. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> one has to pick and choose one's like focus. And I have often, yeah. when I have heard you teach, I've always been like, ah, oh, it would be so great to know how to do this. And it's just not on my like immediate yeah. friend because I feel like everything that I have heard about with this membership, I'm like, if I went down that rabbit hole, I would never come out. <laughs> I would just have to quit. This can't be that hard and forget my photography clients. I would be at home making <laughs> films. Um, anyway, it's a, it is a very compelling thing that you've got. Um, but back to pricing, I literally was like, Hey, let's talk about pricing. Actually, let's talk about this other thing for a minute. (laughs) So now I'm going to rebring us back. Um, yeah. So pricing, I feel like this is really, it's like the, you know, $10 million question. Like how does one go about introducing, especially when you're new, introducing mm-hmm. films into an existing photo business. Like you've got your photo prices yeah. all worked out. Now you're, you know, trying to pitch this whole different thing. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. 
Did you know that This Can't Be That Hard isn't the only podcast I host? Each month, my marketing director, Dana, and I team up to bring you a fresh injection of marketing ideas and inspiration on our other podcast called The Consistency Club. The podcast is free and available to any photographer looking to uplevel their marketing game, or you can take it one step further and join The Consistency Club, where you get the extended version of the podcast along with monthly email and social media templates, bonus trainings, and special access to the live marketing events we host twice a year. If you're interested in tuning in, you can search for and subscribe to The Consistency Club wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to join us in the membership, you can visit go.thiscantbethathard.com slash club to sign up. Yeah, it's funny because we have um, such a wide variety of levels of people that come into um, filming life. And some of them are brand new to business, you know, at all. And then some of them are really established um, business owners, you know, with photography businesses. Um, and so some of them don't have photography clients to begin with. Mm-hmm. And it's a real advantage for an established photographer to come in because they do have like an established client base that they can pull from of people who they like working with, mm-hmm. who they want to kind of um, give even more kind of value to for these um, people who have been really loyal to them over the years. And so um, that those are the kind of the two, generally speaking, um, the two types of people that we get. Um, so the question of how do you kind of start and how do you price this and how you introduce this into your business um, kind of depends on and a little bit on where you're at. Um, but one of the big things that I would say is don't put your like so the first thing that you need to start out with it would be your portfolio building and it's no different to starting a photography business mm-hmm. like you're not going to go out there and price like have pricing right away when you're building a portfolio right mm-hmm. like what's is that do people come to you and ask the same sort of question about photography like and do you it, it's it's interesting because I think sometimes people just jump the gun right in right. And trying to go into business before they have the product ready. Mm -hmm. And so the biggest advice that I have is you need to have made at least five films that are polished and like ready to go that you feel really confident in putting them out there and using for your marketing before you start booking these as paid shoots. And so, you know, and a lot of times it's like, where does the website fall in? Should I have a website now? When should I do my website? When do I put my pricing on my website? And, and I just say like, focus on the portfolio building stage. That's a really crucial stage. And I think if you jump ahead of that, then what can happen is you might jump ahead and you might go ahead and think, well, I've done a couple So, and people are asking about them. So I'm going to, I'm going to just add them on to my, um, photography package for $300 and we'll see what people do. And it's like, okay, you can do that. But the problem there is that you're attaching a price tag to a product that's not quite ready to be sold yet. Mm -hmm. And what can sometimes happen is you're devaluing it by putting this really low price on it, which definitely does not cover your time. Right. And so then, then you kind of get into this rut of, well, then how do I raise my prices on that? Mm -hmm. And how long is it going to take to get to that point? So I always really recommend that people spend some time really doing the math and figure out, you know, your cost of doing business, no different to a photography session, right? doing photography. So you're working out your cost of doing business, your expenses, all of that. And you've got to have your pricing set based on the time that you spend doing it. And don't attach the value of whether you think it's good or not, or whether you think people are going to buy it or not. To, that shouldn't come into play in your pricing at all, in my opinion. You are and singing so, my song. <laughs> yeah, right? And so, because if you're not going to be profitable, then what's the point of doing it at all? 
Make right? them for your family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, I just really recommend, you know, if, if, if you really want to spend some time figuring out your pricing, you can do that at the same time that you have your, your portfolio building. Um, but I always recommend putting out your pricing whenever you do decide you're ready. You've got your portfolio. You're ready to go. Um, whenever you do do that and you put your pricing out there, then have it set to maybe even a little bit more than what it should be, but at least what it should be for you to have your company be profitable, your business be profitable, pay yourself a salary, put yourself money for retirement, like all of the things. It's not enough to just pay yourself a little bit of money. Your business needs to be profitable as well. Otherwise, your business isn't going to survive. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be paying yourself and your business needs to make money. There are two things that have to be happening. And so your pricing needs to be at that point. And if it's not, then what can happen with family films, family filmmakers, is you can get burned out because in order to make money doing it, you've got to do more of them. Mm -hmm. Quantity is the only way then to make more money doing them. But then you don't actually have the time to do that because it's so time consuming. And so you just need to work that out. And the best way to figure out how much time it's going to take you to do it is to to portfolio build. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The circle is unbroken. (laughs) And I get like, people are like, but I don't want to be doing work for free. And I can't be doing work for free. And I totally understand that. However, I, I sort of think about it like, your the portfolio building stage is like an investment in your business and so don't think about it as doing it for free think about it as a, a kind of a low cost I guess way but it's like going to uni yeah like I was you, gonna say it's almost like going and getting a master's degree or a whatever yeah yeah Right. So if you're going to go and be a doctor, not that not saying we're doctors or anything, but <laughs> same, not trying same. to compare. <laughs> totally different. But like, if you're going to go and be a doctor, they do what, like seven years of practically unpaid work right. before they go. Okay. So like, get out of your head that you're doing work for free um, because you're not really, because you're actually really investing a lot into your product. And I was telling you, we were talking earlier about um, like no product that goes to the market go- is the first draft, right? Right. And so any, any product that is introduced into the market right now, any, any piece of tech, anything, it goes through years of manufacturing and first, second, third, fourth drafts. And that's, that's really what films need to be. That's how you've got to look at films is that you're really figuring out how you are going to do them, mm-hmm. how this is going to work for your clients. And the more that you spend the, you know, the time really building that foundation and really doing that well at the very beginning, the better you're going to sell them later, mm-hmm. the more money you're going to be able to charge for them later. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to have a, a back to that connection piece. You're going to be able to explain what it is that you're doing much better because you have to have the confidence when you're talking about it for your client who's feeling very vulnerable about being on video Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable with you coming and filming their life and paying a lot of money for it. Yeah. And so if you're kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, maybe we'll do this. And and you feel like a little bit like you're not really sure because you've only done like two. Mm Mm-hmm. Your client is going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not sure about, I'm not sure, I'll, let me think about it, I'm going to talk to my husband. (laughs) Oh, the old, I'm going to talk to my husband routine. (laughs) Let me just talk to my husband, and I'll come back to you. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those, that, I guess that's kind of, um, the thing that I think people really need to understand when they're getting into films, that you've really got to spend that time cultivating them and creating what it is because the best thing about family films is that there are no rules. There is no, it should look like this and it should be like this. Like you literally 
can do anything that you want to do. And so you could very well have an entire business based on motherhood films. And it's just all about moms and babies and you're in a studio and it's a very controlled environment. Or you could do what I do and go into people's homes and have it be more of like an afternoon with the family and just doing real life together. And like, there is no right or wrong and family films don't have to be just this one version of anything. Right. And so I think that's another reason why it's so important to start out by just giving it a try, start out by portfolio building experiment with a lot of different types of films and then figure out what it is that you are the most passionate about and what it is that you want to be doing um, the most of, and because ultimately that's going to make you the most successful. Cause if you love what you're doing, then you're more willing to push through the hard stuff to, to make it be successful. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You raised a whole bunch of great things here. Number one is you had said you had sort of like off the cuff mentioned before we hit record that people, you find that your students who have been in business as photographers for more time actually have a harder time introducing films. And so you just kind of re-mentioned that a little bit. And when you first said it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I would think that like that would translate a little bit and they would sort of know like, oh, I have to charge, blah, blah, blah. But this business Mm. about saying like, well, I've been in business for five years. I'm a solid photographer. I'm confident as a photographer. I'm not interested in portfolio building ad infinitum, which is true, except that you're not it. That would be like um, to go back to your doctor metaphor, like, okay, so you can finish your general doc, you know, medical residency But if you want to go on to be a neurosurgeon, you've got another four years of, you know, fellowship and all that sort of stuff to do after the fact. And um, and that specialty training has to be done. But when you get to the point where you have finished your like further training, then you get to charge more. So if you are a confident, established photographer who is already charging good photography rates, it's going to be a lot easier for you to charge appropriately, but you have to get to the place where like, you know, exactly you, obviously you don't necessarily need to have as much experience with films as you do with photography going into it, but like you need to have enough that you can guarantee that you're going to deliver the same quality product if you're going to charge like the big kit prices. Right. The big kid prices. I like that. Yes, absolutely. And, and like I was saying the I think the more established photographers, they struggle with that. It feels like going backwards Mm -hmm. for them. And so one of the things that I would say to an established photographer is if it feels like that for you, then instead of, you know, thinking of it, like I'm doing work for free, Think about it as rewarding your most loyal clients. And so, you know, pick the people who you've worked with in the past who have been, you know, your favorites Mm -hmm. and offer them a family film and with maybe with um, their next photography session booking. And so either you can do the family film, you know, in addition to with their photography session, or it could be two totally different sessions if you want to just focus on the film. And um, so that's one way of kind of like, it's like giving them a bonus and it feels less like you're working for free, but Mm -hmm. you know, like you're still getting the experience that you need. And the added benefit of that is that you're building that like brand loyalty Mm -hmm. to people who already love you and um, we'll sing your prices. And so um, that's really, that's actually what I did for the most part with my business because I'd had a bit of an established business mm-hmm. was um, kind of like rewarding my existing clients and offering that as an add-on, but not, and at the time I put a price on it and said I was giving it to them for free so that they would understand the value yep. of what I was giving them. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was just basically like me saying, Hey, I love you guys. And I really love working with your family and I'm starting to do these things and I love them. And I think you will too. Can I just add this on to your, your photography session that you're booking? And then, um, yeah, they, and that, that's really what, how I ended up getting started and getting the, and eventually then people began 
just booking me for the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've used a similar kind of a thing. Even when I just want to try out a new product or order a product yeah. sample, I make sure mm-hmm. that I order it with like some of my favorite clients' photos in it. And then it comes to oh. me and I do all the pretty photos of it and all the stuff for all the marketing materials. And then I gift it to them. And uh-huh. they're like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. And I've, you know, historically, I've tried to, like, handpick the clients that I know are really active on social media and whatever. And they're always yeah, like, oh, look at what our photographer gave us. And it's, you know, because, of course, those are, that's a cost, right? I'm having to shell out money for these products. However, I'm just going to, like, get as much mileage out of them as I can. So I love, you know, the idea of being strategic about, like, gift those kinds of portfolio things to your clients. And also when you're working for free, it gives you so much flexibility to, to stretch your muscles, to fail. If you, you know, like if you botch something, you're not going to, you're not going to have to go like reshoot it. You'll just be like, sorry. (laughs) Um, there's so much freedom in that. It takes the pressure. It takes so yeah. much pressure off and lets you play. Yeah. And I also think it was really, and it's an important thing to think about, like unlike with photography where there's like a little bit of a learning curve to figure out, you know, how many photos you're going to deliver and all that sort of stuff. I feel like that's a little bit more standardized or it can be um, depending on what kind of photos you do. But um, with films, I mean, I imagine they range in like duration and all that sort of stuff. Ugh pretty widely from artist to artist. And so it's like, you need to get to know yep. what you're going to do before you go promising that it's only going to cost this amount. Oh, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And also, um, you know, you're, if, if you're going out there and you're charging like very low, low dollar for it, and then what if they're like, oh, I don't like the real, I don't really like the music. Right. And you have to go switch <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, just a small thing. Just, just switch just, out the song, no. Courtney. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So make sure that you're charging really well from the beginning when you do. And then when you're portfolio building, it just needs to be. And like, even when you were talking earlier about like strategically choosing the right clients and giving them the things, well, it's the same with with portfolio building, when you're portfolio building, you are in charge. Mm-hmm. And I think this is where a lot of people also kind of go wrong when they're introducing films into their business is they give the client too much control. control. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, um, so in your mind, you're thinking like, beautiful, low light sunset. This is where I love shooting. This is where I feel the most creative in that type of a light environment. And that's what I want to do. And so I find this family and they're amazing. They look so great and they are just so great to talk to on the phone. And then mom comes back to me and she's like, oh, my kids go to bed at like five. So could we start at two? (laughs) And then you're like, um, yeah, sure. And it's just, don't do that. You yeah. know, like you've got to just sort of take control and say, look, I know that they probably, they, I'm, I get, I hear you. Like, I understand they go to bed at five and that might be tricky. So here's a couple of options. We mm-hmm. can either do it super early in the morning. Like, mm-hmm. are they early, early risers? We could do it really early in the morning. Or, you know, what I've found is that like I've had other clients who felt the same way and they will um, say to me like, oh, my kids usually go to bed early. But what I find is that once the kids are actually out in nature, they're so distracted and they're so happy and they just love being with you. They're probably going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Most instances, that's what happens. Yeah. And so let's we'll, like, give it a try. Yeah. And so, you know, it's about like bringing in your own control into the situation, listening to them, hearing them, but boundaries like it's got to be it's got to be the way that you want because what is the point of spending 20 to 30 hours making a family film when it's not in the it's not at the time of day that you wanted it to be at at the beginning especially if you only have five of them to show up they all need to be good (laughs) you have to be you know you have to be very cautious and um and making sure that you are really cultivating the product that you want to sell because this is what 
people buy what they see, right? And so, and and that's the other thing about family films is it's very hard to convince people to buy it when they have never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Like you can listen to me right now, talk about it. None of like no words can really describe what it actually feels like to see it. And so that's what has to happen. You have to have really good examples of what it is that you want to do. And back to your thoughts on the duration of it. A lot of times people will come to me with, okay, so what kind of packages should I do for a family film? And like, should I have like a short session, like a, like it'll be like a one and a half minute film and then a three minute film and a five minute film. And yeah, like you can do that. You can have lower prices for your shorter films. You can call them mini films. Um, You can have like a mid range and a high range or whatever. I personally find that that limits me creatively because I can be in a session that takes like 40 minutes and get a five minute film out of it if there's some good stuff happening. Mm -hmm. But I can be at a session for three hours and feel like I've only got enough for a minute. Yeah. So I don't want to be limited personally. I don't want to be limited by, um, you know, what, what somebody's paid for. And so right. that's just me. Um, and I just feel like that creative, the creative side of it trumps for me um, what the benefits maybe of having the different packages would be. But in your business, you might, you might think differently about it and mm-hmm. you might think a little bit more efficiently about it. And maybe you are in a studio and you want to do like, you want to add on some video to your newborn sessions And so you could very easily create some like little one minute films of like baby yawning and baby like stretching and hands and toes and stuff like that. And that could be a really simple sort of mini film that you add on into your business. Um, Yeah. So there's so many ways and that's why it's so important to experiment with um, what it is exactly that you want to create first before you even try to think about pricing. Yeah, that's super smart. Now we talked about the, we've sort of mentioned on the fringes, like it takes a lot longer to make a film than it does to put together a set of images for people. And I know this is, you know, like the cardinal sin in my book is somebody asking me like, well, what should I charge? I was like, well, how much time do you have to go through all sorts of stuff? Like what you charge is going to be different from what the person down the street charges and like all of it to your point from the beginning is really needs to be founded, like built upon your numbers and your stuff. So it's a, that's a complicated question. However, are you able to give our listeners any sense of generally speaking, if you charge, let's say a thousand dollars for still photos, what's the like ratio? Is it going to be triple? Is it going to be quadruple? Oh, that's a really good sort of way of phrasing it. Um, I would say, so it's it's tricky um, because <clears throat> when you first start introducing it, it can be, if your prices are double for a film, then, or triple for a film, then you're probably going to have the majority of people booking photography because it's cheaper. Yep. Right. And so early on, you probably, you can probably have them very close. So whatever your top photography package is should be what your package for a family film would be. Okay. So I think they could be pretty much on par, very close. If your photography packages are less than a thousand dollars, then you should probably up your photography packages to at least that $1,000 price range. Um, Because, and I say that because it is so time consuming that you really don't want to be charging less than $1,000 for a a film. As you grow and as you um, do more of them and start to see some more popularity in them, then you can start to bring your film price up a little bit in increments. And this is what I did. I went from starting out at about 1500 to now I'm charging three and a half for a family film. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I still even feel like three and a half isn't quite enough Mm -hmm. for, but it's definitely more than 
what I need in order to be profitable. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and my photography prices have not gone up as much. So my photography prices have stayed around like 12 to $1,500 all inclusive. And my film price has gradually gone up as the demand has gone up for Mm -hmm. films. And so I feel like that kind of is a good gauge for um, people who are starting to add it in and thinking about a pricing right off the bat. What you don't want to do is have the price of a film ever be lower Mm -hmm. than your photography prices because that really devalues the film. And it's actually so much easier to do a photography session than it is to do a film. And so that really needs to be reflected, but you have to be careful because the psychology of the pricing means that if it's a lot higher right away, then people are less likely to jump in and do it. So that would be my advice. I have always, when I've thought about um, films, I've always thought it would be really tricky. I know you shoot films and stills at each session. So you're doing both. And um, are you familiar with the concept of price anchoring? Like you can have no idea what the, I don't know, price of houses in XYZ neighborhood is. And like the last time I was in LA, I was driving around in Malibu with Zillow out on my phone. And I was like, are you kidding me? That is this? (laughs) Like I was doing that. Which, because it's funny, but um, but the um, but very quickly you acclimate to that, and then you're like, oh look, yeah. this one's only two and a half million dollars or whatever. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So those price anchors can be used in the psychology of pricing, and so one of the things um, that I have always thought was super handy about the fact that you do both photos and film or stills and films is that um, you can offer like the combo as the set that top, top price so that then, you know, just a film or like the lower things start to come into context of that. So yeah, there is a lot of psychology, but it is super important to your point that it, you know, you keep the thing that's going to take you a whole lot more time and price it accordingly. Yes. Um, and no matter one thing how excited do, you are about it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no matter how much you want people to buy yeah. it. Like, um, so the one thing that I do in my pricing is um, where I have family films written out and I have all of the inclusions of what that gives them. Um, I actually have a little spiel that is like, why are films so much more expensive? And and I could just like talk about the reasons why. Um, But I also, in the wording for my family films is I put what's included a bonus set of 10 to 20 high-res digital images. And a lot of times I'll give like 50, but I'm doing like a very low number there as an expectation that, A, and it's valued at this much, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like based on what my um, simple sales system photography (laughs) package is. Um, And so it's valued at that set of 10 images. Mm -hmm. That's what you're getting basically. And so that people understand that within the pricing, they're getting a bonus set of 20 images. And this is just like added value on top of, but the film is actually worth this full price. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm just, because I know myself that I'm always going to take photos Mm -hmm. during, and I'm always going to give them photos. And so I'm not ever going to try and split them up because I just, it's just who I am. I know that about myself as a business owner. So I'll never try and like upsell photos afterwards. It's just not in my nature. And um, so that's what, that's what I do. And, and I always also promise, like, this is another thing that um, just as I'm thinking about it, um, one family photo, everybody looking at the camera, we just do one, we do one. And that's a given with every family film, mm-hmm. they're going to get that. Um, and so people get, yeah, they get that helps sell it as well. Right. For sure. Yeah. Because then they you don't have, have to worry about holiday card. Doing, yeah. 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 Check. Although I find Australians don't do that's not as common. Oh here. really? Like <laughs> so American. Yeah, we're very uh we're very self 
self-obsessed. Oh my, God. <laughs> my um my cousin lives in Sydney and he totally sends holiday cards every year, but he is also American from once upon oh, a time. He doesn't count. He's yeah. American to begin with. That's true. <laughs> um uh I feel like we could talk about this for ages and ages. I have yeah, like I so many questions, but at the uh, 40 plus minute mark, I also feel like we need to let people get on with their days. So I'll just have to have you back. Um, now that course. we have broken the seal, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to yeah. make this a regular date because it is, it's, this is like a field that I have ideas about, but I don't know it anywhere near as well. And you are definitely the expert. So and I love that because I love hearing like when my people have seen you and they've worked with you, it's just really, really cool. So I feel like there's definitely opportunities there for nice. for the crossover. Yay. So. Well, good. Well, let everybody know. Oh, hold on. You have um, a fun little gift for our listeners, right? I do. Yeah. So for anyone out there, if you're listening and you are thinking, Oh, this video business sounds a little bit interesting. Um, I actually have a, a guide that is um, about camera settings for video that I normally sell in our shop for $25 and I'm going to give it to all of you guys for free. Yay. So yeah. That so is super generous. Listening. Yeah. And so you'll be able to um, access that. Anami will tell you. I'm I'm gonna, sure. I'll put it in the show notes for sure, but I'm going to put it at this can't be that hard.com slash Courtney for, for you. Cool. Yeah. And um, so that's just going to give you a little bit of a way to sort of dip your toes into it. If you're like, I don't even know where to start with my camera, um, but I want to just I, I want to just try filming a couple of things. And so, um, yeah, it's a very basic guide, but it, it tells you what you need to know. And then also, if you are interested in um, learning more about filming life and um, are new to family filmmaking, if you head over to our website at filminglifeacademy.com and you scroll down, there's a little section there with 11 tips for new family filmmakers. And it's just a, a guide that um, gives you a bit of um, some ideas when you are first starting out. Um, which can help you, as I said, when you're dipping your toes into the world of shooting video, which you should be if you have a camera that shoots video. You should totally try it out because it's pretty cool. Excellent. Courtney, it is always such an absolute pleasure chatting with you. And uh, You too. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I've uh, really enjoyed it. Yay. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.